welcome back to the episode. I am joined today with a, a new friend, I would say. Her name is Lori Thompson. She is the owner of Third Coast Athletic Lab in Chicago, Illinois, my home state. I found her, as many of you know, I've been doing a lot of heavy hashtag searches for credible strengths and strength training sources and fitness industry entrepreneurs lately. And I came across I came across Lori's website, which is thirdcoastathleticlab.com, and I started kind of searching around a little bit, trying to see what she does and who she is. And what really popped out to me is on her homepage, you just slide down and it says what we do. And what really popped out and made me really want to talk to her and have her share knowledge with you is is the sentence that Athletic Lab provides training clients uh, a combination of fitness, exercise science, and nutrition to promote sports sports performance, corrective exercise, and wellness. And all of that in, in a whole is kind of what I believe and, and I know that people are going to be able to benefit from. So, Lori, thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Just a little background about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, I played college soccer or just collegiate soccer my entire life um i grew up uh with some injuries as i got a little older and the main one was in high school and i tore you know the similar ligaments that any girl tears in soccer uh i had a physical therapist that was outstanding uh in lansing michigan and that's kind of where I found my interest in um, rehab and exercise, and I kind of dove into it and researched it before I went to college. Um, I always wanted kind of a full scholarship for soccer. I achieved that and was able to play soccer and uh, study exercise science in college. Um, I had another injury. I tore a ligament in the same leg in my ankle, um, had another good physical therapist that taught me a lot about the body, and I knew exactly what I wanted to do um, and the people I wanted to start working with after I had multiple injuries. And my love for sports, my love for making people feel good doing those sports that they loved started being a passion of mine. And I um, went into business school knowing that, you know, I wanted to eventually start my own company helping people in the wellness, the nutrition, the sports aspects, uh, just by making people feel better. Um, I minored in chemistry, so I'm a huge uh, nerd deep down um, with <laughs> numbers and body, and I, I dove into um why the body was moving the way it was moving eventually. And so now I'm at a point that I've been training for about 10, 11 years. And every year I'm looking for new things and new education and and new people to study under um, that will make me better to make my clients better and to make my athletes better. Um, And so I started, you know, third coast, Athlete Lab because um, Chicago is a big area for intramural intramural sports and professional sports 
And we have a ton of educated individuals from doctors to physical therapists to even the athletes themselves that want to feel better. And I've surrounded myself in a community that all the uh, trainers want to do in Chicago make people better and feel better and to be able to function in their daily lives without having to really dig deep for like what they need, what, what they need to eat. And I'm glad to be part of that industry now. You mean, you've got such an extensive background and you're, you're very well educated. You express uh, a lot of passion, which is so important. Tell us about how you transform that into into one of your clients' workouts. And let's say like a general population person, how does how does that start when they walk into Third Coast? Sure. So I um, I run through uh, you know questionnaire and assessments just like um, any person that comes in, and I dive into the background of who they are. I dive into what they want currently for their goals, um, and then I go into you know uh, FMS screening, SFMA screening, uh, cardio tests and uh, output movement tests. Uh, and then I take them through that in a way that I want them to understand why I'm doing the things that I'm doing and how that's going to help lead them to um, their goals in the end. Um, I, I, I love for my education to be part of their world. So the more I'm educated, I feel like the more my clients are educated and can be better for themselves. So I let them go away with all the information that I run through them during uh, an assessment. Um, And then I love digging deep into why they want their goals. I mean, people say they want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, that's great to hear for a trainer because once you have them hit their 10 pounds, you've achieved their goal. But why do they want right. to why do they want to lose ten pounds? What does ten pounds feel like, and when they're there, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna do with that ten pounds less? Uh, so I like to dig into the emotional side of what is this this ten pounds gonna do for you, or what is not having this injury going to feel like to you? And what are you going to do after that? So it really affects what they're doing after that. It affects their entire life, really. I mean, at 10 pounds, and then it's like, okay, check mark, got the 10 pounds. Now, oh, sh- now, I, now I realize I can, you know, climb the stairs easier. Now my knees feel better. Now I can, you know, play with my kids more, and it just translates through their entire life. I think that long term, that's probably one of the best benefits we can give our clients. And a person could give themselves, you know, just a, a better opportunity to live a more productive life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it reflects on, you know, I, I also have a lot of older people and I ask why, why are they even meeting with a, a fitness coach, a strength coach? And you eventually get them to say, I want to move better because I want to live longer for my grandkids. I want to play with my grandkids on the ground and be able to pick myself up yeah. off of the ground. And those very basic things that actually mean a lot to them. And when you help them do that very thing, they're so grateful for you. And that's the benefit of being a coach is is having that 
long time achievement in a short period sometimes and they're they're grateful to you and and their family uh surrounds their happiness with them for yeah. you as well definitely when we first talked before we hopped on a podcast we had a conversation about um corrective exercise and i think it's a really big thing right now because even people who aren't strength training uh, see the benefits from moving better, being able to lift their hands over their head, or being able to, you know, bend properly at the waist. I know that's a main focus of yours. So can you describe a little bit about who needs that, who you deliver that to, and and how you go about that in terms of, uh, let's say, like an every everyday person that walks into your gym. A lot of people that have some past of, uh, you know, missed postural analysis where you know, their body doesn't move or stand in the fashion that it should for just its its daily um, activities. And for the corrective part um, for these clients, I, I allow uh, body analysis for them to see how they sit and stand um, just functioning with just their body. And the corrective part of uh, what I do with my, my clients is to get their limbs and their joints and their muscles moving the way their limbs should. So describing how a muscle should help a limb move in the corrective manner. And if it doesn't doing a, a sitting in a chair or sitting uh, with the, the kids on the ground, their grandkids on the ground, then you're eventually going to start hurting. And this is why your hips hurt. So uh, I do corrective exercise based on um, FMS and SFMA um, assessments, uh, where yep. it just shows um, how your body moves and movement patterns that our body should. And then in corrective exercise, I take, okay, this is not the correct movement. This is a squat pattern. This is why your thoracic back can't do back extensions in a deep squat. So then we play around with muscle groups. Um, and then I get creative with the exercises with them. You know, you start practicing um, things with them, and then they do take-home exercises as well. Uh, corrective exercises based off of, you know, if one movement can't perform the way it should and you see a shift in any part of the body, then we see why it's shifting, where it's coming from, and then if there's any pain related to it, if there's non-pain related to it, and is the pain directly in that location, or is the pain coming from uh, your shoulder, even if you, even though you feel the knee, the pain in your knee? So right. we we play around. I play around with uh, different movement patterns to get the corrective movements in in a normal, you know, athlete as well. Yeah, I kind of do the same thing with people who, especially, uh, I tend to start with the spine. Uh, with with most people, you know, cause I, I feel like I maybe it's most of the people that I see, but quite a few people have um, a, a desk job and they're you know, maybe might be hunched over. And in general, most people are. I mean, what are we doing? We're looking down on our phones half the time, and we're starting to develop these, you know, internally rotated shoulders, and our neck is out of alignment. It kind of moves down our spine. That can affect our hips, um, our our joint and shoulder elbow posture. Uh, which can turn, you know, it just it travels all the way down. And I start with the spine. I kind of start to show them, like, 
the same thing. The things to do. I keep a box of um, lacrosse balls in my truck, and I just I've handed people like, look, here's what you need to do for the next X amount of weeks is practice these three movements with this ball uh, in this particular area. And if they're staying consistent with it, and we can see some, especially like in overhead motions, I, I think that's so important to be able to reach overhead and have you know your scaps depress and be able to retract properly and how all those basic movements translate into becoming uh, overall having better posture and um, less neck pain and less joint pain in the upper back and thoracic area. And it just, it opens up so much more to the person. So I, I really like when people get into that because it, in some certain uh, strength cultures, it might be overlooked a little bit, but I think it's starting to take off. So, um, you know, it's, it's awesome to see somebody work so much on that with people. So you do things that, that might help people before they go in, have to go into a surgery. Can you describe that a little bit and what that looks like? Sure. That's, that's a, a tricky subject too, because I mean, I am not a physical therapist, so I'm not licensed and I'm not a doctor. I'm somebody that has passion for the body. So uh, when I do rehab with clients, it's normally somebody that's post rehab. So coming from um, a physical therapist or somebody that is um, dealing with an injury that thinks that they can strengthen certain parts of their body so they don't have surgery. Um, uh-huh. yep. So so I, I get actually a lot of people with uh, knee pain and knee injuries and then, um, you know, hip pain because I deal with some older people. So I look at, you know, where are the movements that they are limited, uh, I test them and see if those movements and those muscle groups can even happen. And then you determine if they have output. So do those muscles have strength? If those muscles don't yeah. have strength and they don't have movement, then that's probably limiting some of the structural imbalance in their system, which is then creating a pattern through their body where <laughs> They can't mm-hmm. move well, and then they have repeated inefficient movement, creating pain in the knee, and then eventually imbalance, less balance, and then falling. Um, so I look for um, when I do rehab, you know, I, I, I do similar stuff like physical therapists. I, I've studied under a lot of physical therapists from, from my own experience and from people that I look up to in Chicago. and. Uh, I start working on the muscle groups that the very small muscle groups that need work. So I do manipulation. Uh, I do mat jump start. So triggering certain muscles that need to be triggered to kind of get them firing for the movements that they need to create. Um, and it kind of just works through the entire body. Like you were stating, you know, you, uh, work with the spine. So I work with the trunk a lot. I start with the trunk, make sure the trunk is a little stronger, and then it kind of plays a role on your extremities. Then if your trunk is in a line and it's a little bit more lined up, then mm-hmm. your arms are going to be performing a little bit better. Your hips are going to sit right under your spine a little bit more correctly. Right. So that's how I kind of play with the corrective exercise and the the post rehab with a lot of um, athletes, Um, you know, just knowing the muscle groups and how they move and what they do is very important as a strength coach. 
Definitely. So, you know, it's it's also knowing that if I can't do something and I can't help somebody, it, it's it's having them trust me that I can't get them to a certain point that they do have to go see a doctor or they do have to go see a physical therapist because, you know, I'm not a doctor. I can't fix their tear in their knee. I can yeah. just make some of their muscles stronger to support their joints in order right. to maybe delay the surgery. You know, the I think an interesting point you brought up was not only do does a strength coach, coach or a personal trainer or somebody in the field need to know uh, the muscles and how the body moves, but to know how to coach and cue certain movements, I think is just as important as anything else. You know, mm-hmm. like when we see somebody do do like a basic squat, uh, body weight squat, and we have them t- touch their butt to, um, you know, a level that we, they feel comfortable to or however we decide to coach that, and we see their knees going vagus, valgus, maybe they're coming onto their toes, and it's not it's not enough just to say, you know, keep those heels down. It's kind of like you got to explain why that's important, and then eventually when you say heels down, it becomes like second nature to that person, right? I mean, mm-hmm. at, at least that's, that's for what I've seen, it's it's easy to coast those things, and eventually they become, you know, once you, again, you know, if, if you're training somebody who's 60 years old, and since they were, you know, 10, all of a sudden they sort of walk in uh, pigeon toed and you're trying to correct something that you think might be uh, uh, directly related to that, after a while, it's not going to take, you know, if, if something built up over over 50 years, it's not going to take two or three uh, appointments. You know, it's going to take work on their side, but it's going to take good coaching and understanding all of the emotions of what needs to go into that from from the coach's side. Cueing is huge. I mean, if you understand how to cue somebody, uh, that's great, but there's everyone is completely different. So a cueing for one person actually might be completely different cueing for somebody else. A very hard movement to teach people is the deadlift. If you also have a cueing for a deadlift with somebody, you have to have the right analogy to teach them. If you don't have the right analogy and you tell them, Hey, just stick your butt back. They're going to stick their butt back, but they still might be on their toes. If right. you if you stay, say stay on your heels, kick your butt back, keep keep your back straight. You know the cueing is going to start happening. But also, there's over cueing. If you keep cueing and keep cueing, then that's so much overload of information for that one oh, person. Yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's taking on that one movement that is brand new to them. So yeah. it, it, the cueing is so important to teach people and then allow them to just try to get the movement down for, for themselves for a little bit. Yep. Like, okay, so I'm, I'm being weird right now. I'm in the middle of my living room, like, setting up like I'm doing a deadlift. <laughs> but if I'm going down towards the bar, somebody who's maybe never done it or maybe who's been doing it for a long time incorrectly, they automatically want to bend their neck and look up to where they're going instead of keeping everything brace neutral and in that, like, anatomically correct position. And try, I think, trying to correct somebody just at that small motion, keeping your head in a neutral position, is probably one of the most difficult things because our head's going to go where our eyes go, and sometimes people's eyes look up because that's where they're going to go. But you're right. Finding the right way to coach that with each individual person is just as important as the cueing itself. Yeah, let's circle back a bit. I really want to touch on this. Um, you're you're in a mostly male dominated dominant area, and I'm talking from 
athletics all the way to in the gym, and now you're going into this industry. Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, we, we know your accomplishments, but talk about what that's like from, from the standpoint of especially starting your own gig and not just walking into um, what I like to call is like a Globo gym or like a chop shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So being a female, when I was first starting training, it was funny how guys would walk up to me and, and realize that they were with a female because they, one, think, well, they can't lift as much as me, so why should they be training me? Um, and, you know, over the years, it is still the same thing sometimes when you're in gyms. Um, and I don't think – I think it's starting to change in a way that, uh, you know, the strength coaches – and the general male population in gyms are starting to realize that females are becoming so educated in the strength world and knowing how to make anybody from females to males stronger and knowing what they should be doing in the gym, uh, they're starting to uh, applaud us. Um, when I look at some people that I look up to, I have majority of them as males. I mean, because they've been in the industry a lot longer. It started yeah. with male male bodybuilding. Um, you know, the main gentleman that I think of is Arnold Schwarzenegger. But right. I can't think of, for me, too many female bodybuilders that wanted to back then in their generation uh, – make their body perfect and know the body well enough to make their body perfect. Um, so now in my world, especially in the performance, the sports performance, where I want to be and I want to be better, um, you have a lot of still male uh, strength and conditioning coaches on athletic teams. Um, and it's it's hard to still – Go against that because I think there's a male persona that when you're in a group, there's more of a uh, an aggression to sports and following what males want to do on the field. Um, but like somebody, for instance, uh, Susan uh, Felton, uh, physical therapist that now works in the major leagues. I mean, she's one of the first females to be working with um, guys in athletics. So I am trying to, in my world, uh, educate myself with the best of the best that's out there. Yep. And to be one of the top females that people look to in in my facility in Chicago that come to me for uh, strength training and and advice as well. Um, it's it's a, still a difficult world kind of being a female because I think females still have a long way to go for being strength coaches and looking up in the in the gyms. But it's the fun part for me is because. I, I want to be that girl walking into a gym in a performance facility that says, oh, that's Lori, that's one of the 
the strength coaches that, you know, knows like all of her stuff and she'll make us feel better and she'll make us perform faster. Um, and that's starting to become known for a lot of females. And, and I think for me, fighting against the guys, I, I grew up with two brothers and a sister and I'm the youngest of them. And I grew up competing with one of my brothers all the time. Um, so that's kind of helpful because I'm very competitive. <laughs> and and it's not just competitive with females, it's competitive with males. Um, right. And it's now just at a point where I want to be with the best of the best. And there's still a lot of males in the industry. Uh, but I want to make sure that being in that industry, those males, Charlie Weingroff, also look up to me as well. But they have a lot more time in the industry, so I have a long ways to go. <laughs> well, you know, though, you might think that, but to in the area that you're in, I mean, I guess everybody can say this for each individual, um, you know, domain that they're in. But, I mean, hopefully, I think it, it starts at, like, almost the grassroots where if if, if a female or, or a male, like, it's, you know, being a personal trainer or a strength coach or something, even like being one, I look back and I'm like, I that's not something that really pops out as a career, you know? Cause we, we, I mm-hmm. mean, now we see so many people just picking it up as a side gig when they're in college or when they, you know, just want to earn some quote-unquote extra cash, and that's it. So it's in some ways, like both me, males and females, we have to build up the, the industry as a whole to be more respected. And then it has to be pushed as, like, an actual career. Like, you can make a career and a living and be good at this. And that comes with when you have females in sports, like, that – once they're done with the sport, you don't have to be done forever. You don't have to go – and this is, you know, in complete respect to uh, the business world, but you don't have to go and do something completely different. If you love being around that, then this is the option. And if people like you – who are in the industry who hopefully get to mentor those kind of females. And, you know, you see like a young female who's getting started, you know, 12 years old in athletics, and and then maybe you get to watch them progress them, go through high school if they're lucky enough to go to college and play. And then if they, you know, they don't go on to play uh, a pro sport somehow, then they can come back and say, hey, Lori, I really want to keep doing what you do. Can you teach me? And that's how we get that's how we get better at it, I think. That's how it grows, especially uh, with females. I agree. I, I think it takes. Um, I think it takes what they say is you walk the walk, you talk the talk. Yeah. Um, by anybody, and and that's always been a huge part of me. Um, from when I was young to now, you know, you look the part, you feel the part, you talk the part, and you show the part. Whether you're you're training somebody and somebody else is watching you. You got to show that you're interested yep. in what you're doing and you're happy with what you're doing. And and a, a awesome example is if I'm at a party and people are like, I have a nutrition question for you. I know you're not working right now, but I have a question for you. Or I have a question about, you know, the gym and and my workout. Can I can I ask you a question? I absolutely say yes because I love that. It carries yeah. over with you in my entire day and in my entire life. I, I don't hate not answering those kind of questions at any time in my day. That's the great part of being 
um, passionate about something is you always never have a downtime with right. that love that you're doing. Right. It, and I, I kind of, to go along with that, here's kind of my nerdy side. If someone asks me something that I really don't know the answer to, it almost gets me excited. I kind of got goosebumps. It gets me excited to go and look for that answer. You know, and it's not going to come from, like, a men's health magazine or some bullshit like that. It's going to come from something reputable, and I'm going to get to learn, and then I'm going to get to share with that person. And all that mm-hmm. does is, well, it does two things. First of all, it, it, it keeps me intact as a, you know, a, a professional in, in, in the industry. And it's just, like, having clients that ask good questions like that, it, it's invaluable for both. You know, they're going to learn something. They're going to see the value in us. And then, in turn, we get to learn something and provide more value to that person. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, I encourage people who are working with coaches and working with um, personal trainers and anybody in the industry, if you have a question, if you're, if you don't feel like you know where to go, ask the person in front of you and don't think that it's a stupid question because unless you're talking about getting bigger biceps, if you think, if you're talking about getting bigger biceps, then just move along. But (laughs) but if it's it's like a legit question that you have concerns about, with your body and what you're doing and maybe something somebody told you something and you're not sure about it, ask somebody. Ask somebody that you know and that you work with. It's this exact same thing as like going to a lawyer to ask for uh, you know, some kind of legal advice. Right. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's also becoming pretty courageous that somebody even asks that nowadays because you always find out later from like your your clients that they didn't tell you something that actually could reflect on their training. So somebody right. in a general public or at a party or at an event that you go to that asks that question, they might have had that question in their head for almost two years, and they trust you enough that in front of you they want to ask that question. So, yeah. you know, that's why I'm always proud to have people come up to me and ask for advice in any form in the wellness industry. It's awesome. It's awesome. It makes it, I mean, it makes it worth it. Like, it's, it's part of the day that – you come home and you know that you've made a difference, not only uh, physically, but, you know, they're going to come, they're going to feel better about going to you. And that's just as good as anything else that we can do in the job for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So what, what other, what other kind of side stuff do you have going on over there? Like what, what are you working on now? What are some of your projects that you want people to know about? I am in the midst of working with a gentleman at my at the facility. He actually is a partner at the facility. It's called uh, Lateral Fitness in Chicago. Um, his name is Scott. He is a uh, MAT specialist, and we're working on a thesis for um, clients where we can collaborate both of our backgrounds where he works more on the segmental side of um, muscle triggering, muscle activation, uh, mm-hmm. in order to kind of get certain movements working that they can come out on the floor and start doing strength training with me um, and then directly plays a role with uh, moving better in the end. And we want to kind of collaborate because, I do, even though I do corrective and rehab, he knows more about very individual muscle groups and how to make them move. And I like to make people move in bigger movements on the floor. So, you know, our our thesis is uh, working around 
the trunk and the spine, like I was saying earlier, in order to make the extremities move uh, better and perform better on the floor when you're uh, training with your trainer or when you're training by yourself. And then um, uh, just getting additional certifications for myself. I mean, I just finished uh, a couple months ago Exos uh, Performance Specialist, um, nice. you know, dealing with uh, athletes um, in, in bigger groups. And then um, I'm also going to be involved in April uh, with PICP um, Level 1 and Level 2 for the Poliquin certification. So, uh, you know, it, it's right now it's just additional um, education and working with people that are going to make me better and make my clients better and, and kind of surround ourselves with uh, the long run of partnering with these kind of individuals uh, better for my company as well. Definitely. That's, you know, I'm starting to see that a lot more now. There's, it, and it, I think it's great because it's almost like if you go to one person and they claim to be good at everything, then it's kind of suspect, you know. Like, I, mm-hmm. like having having some things in the back pocket is one thing, but if a person comes in and is like, yeah, I can, I can move you through X, Y, and Z, and then we can go over here and do some yoga, and then we can do X, and you're with that same person – it's like, are you getting the best quality you possibly can? But if you are with someone, if you're teamed up with someone who is who is the person to go to for, um, like, you know, trigger point, for instance, and they're directly working with you, and you can, and that benefits your training and programming because then you can focus on exactly what you do the best. And, you know, whether that's coaching clients or whether that maybe you are a person who's a yoga instructor and they, they can focus on exactly what to do. So I think that's really important for um, entrepreneurs in the fitness industry to, to realize you don't have to be a jack of all trades. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be a jack of all trades, and clients should know that coming right out of the gate. I, that's why I surround myself with, um, you know, different educated people, and not yeah. exactly the things that I'm working on, um, but people that are also passionate in, in the industry that are working on other things. Um, just yeah. because I want to yeah. learn what they're doing. Uh, doesn't mean that I also want to do what they're doing. It just makes me better in the things that I'm doing currently for my clients. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Laura, I think we hit on a ton of great topics. I know people are going to have a, a lot of questions for me, and I'll get a lot of feedback. And uh, where can people reach you if they have any other questions? Sure. Yeah, my email uh, is Lori, so L O R I, at Third Coast Athlete Lab dot com. Um, I'm on Twitter. Perfect. I'm on Instagram as well. Uh, um, my contact is on the website of Third Coast Athlete Lab as well. Um, and I'm always free to take questions. Like I said, I I love answering people's um, interests. Well, awesome, Lori. I, I appreciate your time again, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, Eric. <laughs>